you know, one of the more fun things to do on this podcast, since we're Alabama fans, is to do a report on our alums that are in the NFL. Because we got a lot of them. So let's talk about it. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Just moving up on uh, a very cold, bitterly cold signing day. Yeah, I mean, well, signing day is going to be one thing, but Christmas Day, jeez, Santa may be like, hey, can I do this like a few days early? I'll just don't let the kids in the living room for a little bit or something. Um, Jimmy, one thing I do, I really do enjoy this segment. I don't know. I mean, I know everybody wants to talk recruiting, but really, and we will talk uh, Quay Russo and and James Smith in another segment, but – uh, and Damari Brown, I guess, too, because he and Caden Proctor. But uh, those are the four that are out there for Alabama. Now, there could be a surprise, I'm sure. Um, but there's been no news, uh, you know, as of this taping. So um, mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about Bama and the NFL because it's, you know, they Alabama has done something now that no other team has ever done in the NFL. They're the first college program to have 70 players play in one season or on rosters in one season. That's bananas, man. Yep. You know, I said when we hired Nick Saban in 2007, uh, you'll attest, you're, you're the only one that's been listening to me ramble since that time. But uh, I said back then that, that that one day Alabama would have 53 players in the NFL, enough for an entire team uh, should Saban stick around. And he even so, so that statement was like people thought I was absolutely nuts. And that was probably a nutty thing to say at the time. But in retrospect, <laughs> Now, 70, I mean, no, I didn't see that coming. I mean, it's it's the greatest recruiting run of all time in the history of the sport. Never been anything like it. Won't be anything like it again. I don't think even with NIL, because uh, some, some schools are sort of set to dominate during the NIL era, but they won't dominate like Alabama has uh, since 2008. Uh, wow, 70. Uh, un- unbelievable. Uh, and, and it's so fun to watch football on Sunday and see all the familiar faces and see the guys we cheer for. I'm lucky that, uh, you know, the way I look at I mean, I don't really have a favorite NFL team. There's a couple I sort of root for the Saints and Falcons because they're local to me, but I, I just cheer for the Alabama guys, so I got plenty to cheer about. Yeah, I mean, I'm reading this from AL.com, um, and a lot of people don't like to click on AL.com, so I'm saving you uh, a click. But this is interesting info. In 2016, 38 former Alabama players appeared in at least one NFL regular season game, one fewer than had played in 2015. In 2017, the number rose to 44, breaking the single-season NFL record of 40 in 87. That season featured a player strike and three weeks of football with replacement players, so it was kind of different. In 2018, the Alabama alums who played in the NFL reached 52. It jumped to 62 in 19, 64 in 2020, 68 in 21. And when Chicago Bears offensive lineman Alex Leatherwood and Detroit Lions wide receiver Jameson Williams made their 2022 debuts on December 4th, they pushed Alabama participation total to a new high mark of 69. Then Reggie Raglan, you know, he gets on a team 
and he makes it the first college program with 70 former players on the field in the same season, 35 years after Southern Cal became the first program with 60. I mean, it, it it's just, I mean, it's just remarkable. It, it's crazy. Um, before we get into, you know, what some of the players did this weekend, uh, because this segment now has really been cut in half talking about this stuff, um, as my daughter's calling me, uh, I probably should have taken that. She just had her wisdom teeth taken out. I'm assuming she's okay or she's very loopy. Um, that's why she's calling me. She's loopy. Um, well, that her uh, wisdom teeth were taken out and she's still wise enough to know how to use the phone. That's a good uh, sign. Not necessarily. She may have just sat on it. You know, she may <laughs> think she was ordering a, you know, or she was uh, cooking something in a microwave. I mean, I've had my wisdom teeth out. It'll, uh, it'll change you, man. Um, but Jacksonville Jags, they lose Cam Robinson to a knee injury for the rest of the year. That's a shame for them because the Jags had been playing well. They get a big overtime win over the Cowboys. Um, and then one other thing I want to talk about before we, we talk about BAM and the NFL and then finally recruiting segment is um, we mentioned yesterday about Bryce and Will Anderson saying they're going to play. And it looks like Alabama will have no opt-outs. There have been some people – Saying I knew it the whole time. I, I, I mean, maybe you did know it the whole time, and that's. I'm not saying calling you a liar or anything, but I just find it crazy that he's doing this, but crazy in a good way. Um, and here's something I really appreciate. I'm not a huge religious guy, but I, I found this um, to, to to be very inspiring. Bryce Young said, "I know everything happens for a reason. I place my faith in God, and I'm concerned about." doing what's best for the team, whatever it is, play-by-play, possession-by-possession, to, on an offense, go and try to put points on the board. And then Anderson said, it's not about that, meaning the the money or the sacrifice, you know, um, I guess just the NFL draft. He said, I have faith in God. God makes no mistakes. That's another thing that me and Coach Saban talked about that was the risk factor. That was never anything in my mind. I've been playing three years here, some of the hardest football of my life, SEC football. And if I had the same mentality going into my freshman year, I probably wouldn't be standing up here right now because I'd be worried about getting hurt or something. I probably wouldn't have achieved as much as I have. And see, that's – man, I mean, every college football fan should read that and go, I, I may hate Alabama, but I love that quote because that's what we've been saying. We're getting to a point in society – where, where some player is going to be so good, game one, he's going to say, I don't have to play again. Game one as a freshman. Maurice Claret, his first game as a freshman, he might just said, I don't need to play again. Why would I play again and show you all my faults and maybe risk getting hurt? And, and you know what? In a way, it makes smart business sense. But in a, hey, we love to see the players play way, it sucks. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of fans, and I noticed this, hey, this is, it's, it's tangentially related, but, I see a lot of fans upset on Alabama sites on the, on, on message boards that don't like when Alabama's uh, frontline players play on special teams or even return the punts and kicks. They think it's a, a crazy injury risk for the best players to play on special teams. I may have felt that way at one point in my adult football fandom uh, that Gosh, special teams are for young players, you know, crawling their way up the ladder. Uh, the Saban era, which has taught me so much about football, I'm, I'm forever 100% convinced Nick Saban has this right, and that's your best players play. 
a special teams play can decide the outcome of a game easily. We've seen it happen time and time again that a special teams play wins or loses the game. And why should we put players on the field on a play that could win or lose the game and it's not our best players? It's not our best players that could be playing those roles. It's young players or walk-ons or that's that would be dumb, frankly. That's the dumb thing to do. You cannot manage football because you're scared your players are going to get hurt. They could all get hurt today in practice, not con that's just football. It, it, it you can't put them in bubble wrap, limiting their snaps because you don't want them to get hurt, as far as I'm concerned, is just tempting the fate of the gods. You're almost begging for a player to have a non-contact injury while he's out there playing offense or defense. Just just play the game, and, and, and if they get hurt, the next man up. But you, you cannot – I mean, if, if it's all about not getting them hurt, Luke, where where does that end? Where does what, that end? You know, Jimmy, I mean, we got a lead. Don't play them. Jimmy, the, the defensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons – was hurt as a Saints player ran into him during warmups. <laughs> you know, like, what do you, what do you say? Like, he should have been in the booth. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Um, okay, I need to tell everybody about LinkedIn now. Look, you know, we all love LinkedIn. You love LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. Everybody loves LinkedIn. It's, you know, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We use them over at Robinson Iron. They're the absolute best. Then add your job uh, with the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. Uh, when you log in and, and post your job, and it's so simple. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and helps you find them faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may, and I bet they do, apply. All right, let's talk a little bit about Batman and the NFL and save the recruiting segment for uh, the, the last segment. Um, Alabama had another big day. Um, I'm getting – I'm so upset with the Tennessee Titans, though. I mean, what are y'all doing? I mean, yeah, they just keep losing. Now, Derrick Henry ran for a buck 4 on 21 carries and caught four passes for almost 60 yards. He also had a touchdown. But they lose again, and I'm like, y'all are just wasting this man. I mean, this – is driving me nuts what the Titans are doing because they play in pretty crap division and they should, they are still leading it, but they, they should be killing it. Henry has 77 rushing touchdowns, the sixth most in most in NFL history for a player in his first 100 games in the Super Bowl era. Wow. Emmett Smith unbelievably had 103 touchdowns in his first 100 games. Gosh wow. almighty. And guess what? Sean Alexander had 91 in his first 100. Oh my God. He should gosh. be in the Hall of Fame. Sean should be in the Hall of Fame. That's ridiculous. That he's not. How can you be the MVP of the league and not be in the Hall of Fame? I mean, if you are the best football player in the NFL, even for a single season, you should be in the Hall of Fame. That's probably true. 
that's probably true. Uh, Najee Harris had 86 yards and a touchdown. Um, so, I mean, he's starting to, you know, come on a little bit. Jalen Hurts had another – and, again, we're claiming Jalen Hurts. He still wears Alabama stuff. I bet you Jalen likes to say he's an Alabama guy. That's where he got his degree from. Um, Jalen had another big game with four total touchdowns, but he hurt his shoulder. And he might not play against the Cowboys this weekend, which sucks for one reason, because that was going to be a fun game. But for me, fantasy football-wise, it's great, because I'm probably going to play a guy who has Jalen Hurts as a starter. So uh, I dig that. <laughs> Devontae Smith started at wide receiver for the Eagles, and he had five catches for 126 yards. Um, that's his third 100-yard game of the season. I mean, he's doing – by the way, my – uh, three of my three children, my oldest son's a big Eagles fan. Uh, they all went to the uh, the Chicago Philadelphia games and they had, they had a blast. They loved it. Um, just I'm just flipping through here really quickly. Uh, Rashawn Evans, he's killing it with the Atlanta Falcons. Look, they're not doing that great, but he had ten tackles and recorded a sacks a sack. Evans reached double digits in tackles for the sixth time in a row, the tenth time this season. Man, that's crazy. I mean, you hear about that in college or high school all the time. You don't hear about that in the pros very much. Well, their defense is on the field a lot. True. Very true. <laughs> uh, Quentin Williams is out. He's hurt, as most everybody probably knows, and that sucks um, because he was having, like, a defensive MVP season almost. I mean, he's playing great. Jerry Judy had seven catches for 76 yards. I mean, when you don't have Russell Wilson throwing to him, it seems like he does better. Just saying. Um the Patriots and uh, the the Raiders played. And, I mean, it's mm-hmm. even hard to even think about. Josh Jacobs had 93 yards on 22 carries and, and caught two passes. Um, the decision and- to run that play, the decision to run the Stanford band play. I, Was I, it I, a decision? I, I mean – I don't know. I mean, they, they were doing it now. Jacoby Myers has come out and said, I, I just tried to play hero ball. And, I mean, I give him credit for taking ownership of it. It doesn't make it any less dumb. It's one of the dumbest plays in NFL history. It really, I mean, and ultimately it's the coach's responsibility, whether it was a called play or not, it was a decision True. made, even if that decision was by a player on the field. But uh, my goodness, I mean, you know, if you're down five, okay. But it was a tie game <laughs> and then it wasn't. You know, it reminded me of the kick six, but dumber. <laughs> It was the kick six, but dumber. I mean, Alabama didn't do anything necessarily dumb. They just didn't execute the the game, that play of the game. Alabama yeah. didn't execute it well. True. But it wasn't dumb. I mean, that that was just – the Patriots literally gave a game away. Um. All right, Jimmy, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and take a break, and, and uh, we're going to tell everybody now about – NHTSA's message, uh, which is, you know, it's talking about impaired driving. Look, did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state. Even in states where marijuana is legal, it's illegal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers cannot tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement can't tell? My goodness, I mean, of course they can. They, they're trained for this. Uh, driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time, change how you perceive time and speed. So you, even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high 
is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI paid for by the NHTSA. Okay, so let's go ahead and wrap this up with a recruiting segment here. No news on Caden Proctor yet, but the crystal balls are rolling in for Alabama. Um, if he signs, yep. does do you think he is the best player we sign in this class? I'm still – I'm favoring Caleb Downs. I think Caleb Downs is like next-level stuff. Um, but I feel like this is Brandon Miller, Noah Clowney kind of, kind of stuff. Brandon Miller, different level, but Noah Clowney is fantastic. You know, and I feel like uh, Noah, I mean, excuse me, I feel like Caleb Downs would still be the best player in his class, even if we get James Smith, Wurusaw, and Caden Proctor. I think it would be very difficult. I, I, I think if you ask three people uh, who's the best player in this class, should should they all sign as, as projected or as hoped? Uh, I think you would get three different answers between Caden Proctor, Caleb Downs, and Keon Keeley. I think it would be – I think it's difficult to choose between the three. Uh, I, I tend to think it is Caleb Downs, Luke, and, and and I say that I'm a positional value guy, I'm a draft guy, and the safety is never going to be taken number one in the draft, but a tackle might be, or pass rusher might be, you know, a tackle like Proctor, a pass rusher like Keon Keeley, but a safety is not going to be taken number one. But I say that to say I, I, I still think Caleb Downs, a safety in this class, might be the best player. Uh, and the whole group, I'm so excited about him. But but Caden Proctor and Keon Keeley, they're just about as good as it gets at what they do. And and, and I couldn't be more excited about them. Quay Russo and James Smith would be very much next up, to say nothing of Justice Haynes and Richard Young, who are also so good. And uh, Malik Benson is a JUCO, but I see as an immediate starter this this class, Luke, if it's Proctor, we can add. If it's Russo, if it's James Smith, and I would I would also like to add Damari Brown, if at all possible. If it's, quote, only those four and it ends with 29, I, I think it's the I, I think it's the best saving class. If it's not, uh, if it's not, it's so close to it. I mean, it's certainly is in a line with all the other saving classes. It's not, it's not worse. It's not a dip down for sure. Uh, and I, you know, it's, it's all going to be pretty subjective, but I think with all the numbers crunching Luke, uh, I, I think it would prove to be the best class uh, that Saban assigned, which makes it one of the best classes in history, assuming you end with uh, Proctor, Rousseau, Smith and, uh, and Damari Brown. Yeah, you know, I did. We talked about briefly, just for a second, uh, on yesterday's podcast about how Damari Brown was predicted by ESPN to go to Miami, which, you know, look, Miami's having a heck of a year. Uh, and Javion Cohen, by the way, that was something I wanted to talk about, and I forgot to do that. I wanted to talk about the guys leaving Alabama, transfer portal wise, and where else they're going. We'll do that on the next podcast, but Javion Cohen just committed to Miami, so he'll be playing down there. In I have strong Denver. feelings about that. I'm not sure what to say, but I have strong feelings about that. Well, good. You got time to think on it. I do. Let's hope I'm in a better mood. About I, I, <laughs> I don't like that marriage or yeah. choice. I don't. Uh, it makes sense with Mario Cristobal, but save it. Save it. We're not talking about that now. Yeah. So goes on it. And they've got. Uh, they just picked up a, a running back that at one time was committed to like Ohio State or something, and then people thought he was going to Florida. Fletcher. He ends up who? Who now? 
Fletcher. Mark Fletcher. Mark Fletcher. That's right. Yeah, he's one um, of the reasons. He's not the reason we got Richard Young, but I remember way back, way back when uh, Mark Fletcher committed to Ohio State, and and we took it in the recruiting industry as the moment that happened. It was like Richard Young's going to Alabama, mm-hmm. and that, that happened shortly thereafter. So it's funny that he's flipped. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. So, um, you know, Damari Brown, I guess, could end up there. And like I said, ESPN has him penciled in there. I mean, that, I guess you got to just make a prediction. And, you know, if and they couldn't – they've already – they predicted Quay Rousseau and Caden Proctor and um, uh, James Smith to go to Alabama. And I guess they didn't want to be like, well, we're not picking everybody to go to Alabama. But I think Damari <laughs> Brown, I'm like you, I think he ends up in this class. You get Damari Brown, who is a top – 150 guy by most services, maybe even higher than that. And a lot of them, um, Rusaw Smith, Proctor. Now, Rusaw and Smith are going to announce Wednesday at 11. What about um, Caden Proctor? Do we know the answer to that? Uh, we do if you go to Bama Insider. Unfortunately, I have forgotten that little factoid. I knew <laughs> it at one point. I know it. It is on it is on BamaInsider.com. I encourage all of you to go there immediately and uh, and check it out. We even have a post uh, by Andrew Bone and Joseph Hastings about what time each target plans to announce. There were so many, I, I've yet to memorize it. Um, I'm trying to find – I'm looking on there. Tell me, is it there on is. The, the front page? Go through the news feed. Okay. And it's a day old. I believe it's okay, yesterday. Good. This is this is riveting podcasting by us. Um, well, uh, but anyway, okay, here it is. Announcement time. So I want to tell everybody, Desmond Ricks will announce on Thursday. So, I mean, we still have a shot there, but I, I'm leaning LSU. Um, Jordan Hall, uh, he announces Thursday. He's going to go to Georgia. Uh, Damari Brown will announce Wednesday, but I don't see a time. Um, Caden Proctor, let's see. Proctor's expect to sign his letter of intent on December 21st with Alabama, Oregon, still pushing to flip his commitment. That's all it says. doesn't say a time. So, I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to have. I mean, yeah, that's, that's why I didn't remember a time. That's why I'm like, why can't I remember a time? I know it was all. I know he's on that list. Uh, but, hey, sometimes we don't know. Some of these kids, even on signing day, Luke, some of them may choose to just tweet it out, you know, and not have a big televised thing or a big press conference. Uh, you know, it could happen. So, uh, but I'll just say that I'm optimistic based on all I'm told and all I know and my gut feeling all rolled into one. Uh, I think Alabama will land uh, Smith, Rousseau, Proctor, and Damari Brown. I am not confident on any other kid. Uh, that doesn't mean it won't happen. I'm just saying I'm not as confident, not confident enough to project that or predict that. I also don't think Alabama will have any more flips uh you know, cautious about Tony Mitchell. I mean, that could happen, but I don't think so. I, I think Tony Mitchell signed him with Alabama. Uh, but, you know, just and watching that one. But Raymond Pludio did – Here, this ought to tell you something. Like, there's some people who were worried about his decommitment. And I get it. And, look, I mean, nothing against the kid. But he mm-hmm. decommitted to Alabama and almost immediately committed to Arizona. Mm-hmm. So that tells me he's more of an Arizona kid than he is an Alabama kid. This was a mutual parting of ways. There's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't mean he's not a good player. Arizona is a power five school. That's fantastic. What a golden opportunity for him. But I don't think he's Alabama level necessarily. That I'm, That's not an insult. Most players aren't um, it, it right now in this Nick Saban, Alabama Crimson Tide time. So I think this probably worked out better for all parties. The only caveat to this is 
as a friend of ours continues to point out, we're going to need some more offensive linemen. We had a bunch of them in the portal. Tommy Brockermeyer looks like he's headed to TCU. Um, who else? Uh, Tanner Bowles going to Kentucky and Javion Cohen to uh, Miami, as we've already said. So yeah, because Damian George hasn't uh, made a uh, Damian George in the portal also. I don't believe he's uh, – And Amari Kite. And Amari Kite. Yeah, he'll go to Auburn, I think. I suspect Amari Kite will go to Auburn. Good for him. If so, I mean, that's a, a wise choice, I would think. And, and frankly, in my opinion, Javion Cohen should have taken a harder look there too, I think. But, uh, you know, uh, Alabama will be at 12 offensive linemen, seven returning, five guys signing Wednesday, assuming Proctor. So that's 12. Um, a good number of offensive linemen, Luke, is 15. You could probably get away with 14. That tells you you probably need to add to maybe right. the portal, maybe a position move, by the way. Alabama's got several defensive linemen. I'm just throwing things out there. Should Nick Saban call today and say, hey, Jimmy, what do you think I should do roster-wise? You got any ideas? One of the things I'd say, well, Nick, I'm glad you called again. Uh, and and this is one of the roster moves I'd suggest. How about, how about maybe taking a quick look at Anquin Barnes playing offense? Uh, not too much has happened there on defense. Huge body. Heck, it should take three or four seconds just to run around that guy. Yeah, you should you should come up with a nickname for when he calls you. Go, he can go. Hey, Jimmy, do you have any ideas? Yeah, Sabi. I got a couple of good ones. Sabi. Does anybody, <laughs> Sabi. anybody ever called him Sabi? Uh, all right, all right, buddy. That's going to do it for this podcast. We will be back uh, tomorrow with another one, and uh, then we're going to have a bunch of reports on signing day. So you guys stay tuned in. Please hit that subscribe button, and until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.